Welcome to Going Deep, sports in the 21st century on Blue Ridge Public Radio. I'm Dr. Marsha Mount Shoup. And I'm Coach John Shoup. John's coached at the highest levels of the game of football for 26 years. And Marsha is an author, theologian, and minister. And we're glad you've joined us to go deep into some of the most pressing issues of our time. On Going Deep, we go beyond the sound bites and highlight reels. This episode of Going Deep, we'll be exploring the intense, hardworking, and even complicated world of women's elite running in America. Annie Rodenfels is with us on Going Deep. She's a graduate of Center College in May of 2019, where she had undoubtedly the best running career any woman or man has had at Center College in the college's history. I know that because that's where I competed as a collegiate athlete. And let's just say Annie's records make my four school records that I held when I graduated look pretty slow. So it's an impressive um, set of accomplishments that Annie had during her collegiate career. She's a seven-time All-American. She placed third in the cross-country national meet in 2018. She is the national champion in the steeplechase and in the 5,000 meters in track. She holds the national championship record in the steeplechase, but most amazingly, she holds the overall record in the steeplechase and was the first Division III athlete to break 10 minutes in the steeplechase. Right now, Annie is running with the Greenville Track Club Elite, which is an ASIC-sponsored club. And it's there that she's training for the Olympic trials and the steeplechase that will be held in June in Eugene, Oregon. We're so glad to have you here today, Annie. Welcome to Going Deep. Thank you. So grateful to be here. And I forgot to mention that we are both NCAA Women of the Year. My year, 1991, was the first year that award was ever given. Again, uh, you know, all these years later, I think you were in a much more competitive uh, field than I was, (laughs) but I'm proud to share that honor with you, Annie. I want to just start with you sharing with our listeners a little bit of your story. It's an unlikely story. You Mm -hmm. really, really barely ran in in high school. You were a soccer and basketball athlete, um, and you, and really most Division III runners don't end up where you are. So tell us. Tell us yeah. a little bit about how you you got to where you are. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I was uh, mainly a soccer player. I played soccer for 13 years, uh, basketball for eight or something, um, and really thought I was going to go to college and play soccer, and that was going to be it, you know, um, sit on the bench on some random team somewhere. Um, and then my junior year, I randomly decided to go out in the spring for track, um, it was just something I always wanted to do. My older sister ran, um, but not competitively, and I was just like, oh, I'll try it. Went out and ended up going to state that year and was like, oh, this is fun. Um, <laughs> maybe I'll keep doing this. Still didn't run cross country, um, played soccer instead, but thought about it. Um, and then, I don't know, I just 
looking into my college search, I kind of just decided that I was going to run for some reason instead of playing soccer. And so I sent out an email and recruited myself (laughs) um, to several colleges. And a couple of those coach emailed me back and they were like, just, you know, like, hey, yeah, join our program, whatever. Uh, But one college coach, the one who became my college coach, spoiler alert, um, (laughs) was immediately sent me an email back. It was very long and uh, just very long and was just like so excited. Like, I'd love to have you come. Can you come next weekend? Come and visit. I think you could be really good. Um, I would love to have you on the team, like whatever. And that pretty much just got me. Mm -hmm. Um, The other coaches just weren't that excited. And um, they were cool and they had good programs. But as far as I could tell, Center had the best program of the schools that I was looking at. And Coach Owens just um, did an amazing job recruiting me. And so uh, my parents were kind of like, what? Like, (laughs) she uh, drove three hours to come have lunch with us. And my parents were just like, I think they were kind of cautious. They were like, is she just saying all this nice stuff about Annie? Mm -hmm. And they were like, it's working. Like, she's giving into your ego. (laughs) Because she was like, you could be so good. And um and so, I mean, that that got me. And so I ended up going to center. I was okay for my first two years. I didn't really understand training consistently, which is pretty much the key to being a good runner. Um, and so I got there and I was okay. And I suddenly decided uh, January of my freshman year that I was going to be good. And so I went into my coach's office and I said, I was like, Coach Owens, I was like, what is it going to take? Uh, I want to be really good and I'm going to start um, cross training every day of January as well as my running because I didn't, I didn't train over Christmas break. <laughs> so I was a little lazy. Um, from that moment on, I just didn't turn back. I just started actually um, doing the scary thing and like putting everything I had on the line every time and like really going for it. Um, and I just started getting faster and faster. Um, and part of that was just I guess natural talent part of that was just the really great coaching of Coach Owens um, and the mentorship of the women above me specifically. Um, my really good friend Serena, she was really good, and I wanted to be just like her and just like learning what to do. And so I just kept getting better and better, and I'd PR every race. And then um, at one point, I was just like, I'm going to go to nationals. And my coach was like, okay. <laughs> but like never told me I couldn't do it. So I went after it. I made it to nationals and cross country. I finished the middle of the pack and it was fun. And Serena did great. And that was super exciting. Um, and then it was like, okay, well now I'm going to make it to nationals and track, uh, which is even harder to do. Mm-hmm. And she was kind of like, okay. Mm. And so I made it to nationals and track. And then I was like, well, I guess I'm going to be an all American. And then she was like, all right. Um, and wow. my assistant coach was like, I think you could get top five. And I was like, what? And so I went after and I finished third. And I was just like, oh, okay. And the two girls above me, um, one was a senior and one was a junior. So I was like, I-, I could be top two next year. And then I don't know, it just kept going on and on. And then eventually my senior year, I was just like, I'm going to get the championship record. Um, and so we just, we just kept doing that. And, um, I was so lucky things just kept happening for me. And around the beginning of my senior year, I was like, I think I want to run professionally if I could. I don't know if that's an option. I have no idea how to do that. My coach had no idea how to do that, but I just tried to learn all I could about it. And I set goals for myself and I was like, these are hard goals, but I think, if I can run this time and this time and this time, I can prove to myself that it's worth my time and resources to run professionally and see what I could do. Um, and that ended up happening. So I'm 
feeling very grateful. What an amazing story. And I should let our listeners know that we have another person around the table that's not usually here in our going deep conversation. And that (laughs) is John's and my daughter, 15-year-old daughter, Mary Elizabeth Shoup, who is uh, currently running for A.C. Reynolds. She's the conference champion this year in the Western Mountain Athletic Conference and also came in second in the regionals this year in in cross country. And um, as you were telling your story, I was just watching Mary Elizabeth's eyes get bigger and bigger. (laughs) Um, I mean, what I love about the story is it's just really almost this pathway of discovery that you were making. Like, hey, I like I could do this. Oh, well, hey, I could do that. And, and that experience of like realizing like I haven't even begun to tap into what I can do. Um, and there, that is, it's physical. Yes. You obviously have a body that can withstand a lot of pain and discomfort and you can push yourself, but that's also a a state of mind, Mm -hmm. um, that, that all elite, elite athletes have this, this state of mind that says, I can imagine and I can get past where I can imagine as well. And that, that's what makes your story exciting to me. I'm interested in Coach Owens, who seemed to have some foresight, because uh, as a coach, one of the things I always looked for in high school athletes is someone who had not peaked yet, mm-hmm. but someone who I thought, boy, over the next four years, I can help this person get a lot better. Yeah. It's one of the reasons I got nervous sometimes recruiting players from these big, huge Texas football factories. I said, the guy's 18 years old. That's as good as he's going to get. If you like him now, that's fine. But when he's 20, he's not going to be better. Mm-hmm. What do you think it was that Coach Owen saw in you mm-hmm. that made her think, <laughs> son of a gun, you know, in four years, the, the, the growth potential for Annie is uncommon. And yeah. what's something that maybe you saw in yourself? Yeah. Um, well, I think that's a trait that Coach Owens also possesses. She loves to take people who maybe other people wouldn't recruit or um, wouldn't be as excited about, and she can see the potential in them. Um, and she's done very well for herself with that, I think. I think all but one of her top runners in the history have been people who came in and weren't the high, the fastest from their high school or didn't maybe look the best and they all ended up being all Americans and um, getting school records and she has an uncanny ability for finding those people um, I think also to be fair I don't think she thought I was going to run what I'm running now <laughs> I think we both thought well I think she thought she could be good I, I think she could run an 1835 k mm. um, so to be able to finish my season at a 1630 was I think a surprise to everyone um but just for people who aren't running people yeah you entered college yeah your fastest 5k was a 20 2002 2002 and you left college running a 1635 yeah 1635 for all you non-runners out there that's good (laughs) that's That's real 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 good yeah and and to be (laughs) and you have to have somebody coaching you because that's that takes a lot of interval work Mm -hmm. that takes a lot of very very intentional training Mm -hmm. to 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 make up that's 
four minutes yeah. almost yeah. time. Could, yeah. Could you also, though, you do need someone training you, mm-hmm. as Coach Owens was, but you also need a culture that isn't cutthroat but mm-hmm. is nurturing. Yeah. Uh, like I loved you talking about Serena being someone who you kind of followed. It, it's been my experience that in Division One athletics, it's, hey, I don't want this person taking my spot. Yeah. I don't want this person taking my job. I don't want this person taking my scholarship. Can you talk about the culture of maybe nurturing? Is that the right word that mm-hmm. occurs in Division Three? Yeah. Um, I think D3 is a special place. Um, I don't think I would be the runner I am today. If if I'd gone to a D1 college, I'm sure I'd be okay. But, I mean, honestly, just the sole impact of Serena and um, seeing how good she was, but also just how open she – well, at most of the time open. To be fair, I don't think I was the easiest person to mentor. I'm a very <laughs> intense and competitive person. So I don't think it was always easy when, I, as a freshman, I would come up to her and be like, I'm going to beat you in the mile when I had no business <laughs> saying that. Um, but – she um, was just always like I just I'd ask her questions and about what she did for this and that and what her cross training was and um, just the things outside of what we were being given by Coach Owens and she was always very receptive and when we trained together my sophomore year just running with her she was the greatest training partner ever <laughs> um, just always just such a humble and kind person and I mean that was. I mean, yeah, she created the culture at the time of just, like, we look out for one another. There is competitiveness. I mean, you want to be the person who's on that Mm -hmm. line and is the fifth person. And in the case of my team currently, going to nationals, like, you want to be that person. But Mm -hmm. at the end of the day... You also are friends with everyone, and you want everyone to do better. Um, and I just tried to continue that while I was at center. At times, yeah, I don't, I didn't train with the girls. Like I am really far away from them in races. But like I'm finishing my race, and I'm turning around and cheering them on, and telling them what I do, like whatever, get better and um, mm-hmm. be better because I want them to do well. And if they can get my school records, and <laughs> they should try to get them, <laughs> um, then they're welcome to it. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, because at the end of the day, I want the program to be good, not just me to be good. So were you training a lot with the men's team? Yes. Yes. I trained with the men's team my last, well, um, partially my sophomore year, I trained with them. And then ex- pretty much exclusively, I trained with the second pack of guys um, my senior year. And um, it turned into even on once they once they welcomed me into the team, um, I think it was a little hard for them to do it first. Trained with them like even on easy runs and stuff, I would run with them, so I didn't have to run on my own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think that's good to have people around you that are actually pushing you. Mm-hmm. That's part of why you got better too. Yes, you know? yeah. So, um, Mary Elizabeth, I wondered if you wanted to ask one of your questions about center specifically. You had a question about. It kind of relates to what we were just talking about. You talked about how like D3 schools are have a specific culture and stuff, but, but I was wondering if there's anything specific about Center that helped you. Yes. Um, Center is a great place. Um, definitely, I think, 
hard to adjust to at first, um, just being in a different area and away from home. Um, and I mean, I think that's just college in general. But center specifically, not just any D3 college, made me good at running, but also just a good person because of just the culture that they have. It's not always perfect, but um, I think the people who are attracted to going to center are incredibly smart and hardworking people who whether or not they've been given things, have also worked really hard for the things they've got. Um, And so sitting in a class where maybe in high school I was the smartest person and suddenly all these people around me and they know all this stuff, um, it made me work harder. And it instilled a culture of just like put your head down and do the work and, you know, just try to get as far along as you can. So the school in general, I think, taught me a lot. Um, It made me passionate about the things that I care about now. And it made me just like, understand the world in a different way um, and change a lot, but really good change. And I feel like turn helped me turn into the person that I am today. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm really grateful for that. And then specifically the running program, I think just Coach Owens is really special. Um, She is a D1 caliber coach at um, a really good D3 school and has just put her life and blood into the program and is the most intense person you will ever meet and, um, you know, wants to win at the end of the day, but also it's way more important to her that she has relationships. And um, I felt that a lot. Obviously, my coach is – she's probably – the number one biggest influence on my life outside of my family and one of the most important people in my life because of who she is and the things that she taught in me. So I think, I mean, she just set up – she sets up such a good program for growth. Yeah, not everyone necessarily gets faster, but most people do, and I think mm-hmm. everyone comes out of it a better person. So Yeah, that's what my coach at center used to always say. I want you to be the best runner you can be, but the most important mm-hmm. thing to me is that you be the best person you could be. And every day he really emphasized like us connecting and supporting each other and he and he he really is another dad I wonder if we could talk a little bit about where you are now in terms of mm-hmm. you are now really training full time for this goal, which is to make the Olympic trials and the steeplechase. Talk a little bit about how that's different than running at a division three yeah. school. You've, you've, you've yeah. switched gears now yes. again. Yeah. 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 For one thing, I'm getting paid to run. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty nice. <laughs> a little different. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice to get a little check after a good race. Um, yeah. no, um, yeah, it is very different. Um, I was maybe a little nervous at first. I was like, well, this is what, like, what D1 girls do. You know, we mm-hmm. talk about that all the time. Like, we make jokes about, um, like, D3, and I'm not getting paid to run. And <laughs> there's actually a rule in D3 that says you're not even allowed to have snacks. But um, it's a joke we like to make. No they snack, aren't in Division yeah. One either. Yeah, yeah. No, sna- <laughs> no snacks in D3. But, um, yeah, so it was definitely – I was a little scared of the adjustment to um, pressure being placed – placed Mm -hmm. on me technically Mm -hmm. um where it is like I need to perform and um it's more intense and it's on a different level but um 
it's been fine. I mean, I don't know if I'm just incredibly good under pressure. I don't think there's really that much pressure on me. Uh, my coaches are good coaches and they care about um, me as a person, not just the performances that mm-hmm. I give out or whatever. I'm not in some large contract where literally every performance is making me money or not making me money. That's not how it works for me. So it's mm-hmm. it's a good adjustment. Um, I definitely spend a lot more time running. And I think pretty much my entire day is spent thinking about my running. Um, That's an adjustment. In college, I was involved in a lot of other things. Um, And, like, during the latter years, I was thinking a lot more about, like, how things are going to affect my running. But it wasn't as much focused as it is now where I wake up at a certain time so I can go run and I eat certain foods so that I can feel good on my run. And then I take a nap at the same time every day so that I can feel good on my second run. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I make the sacrifices that I have to make. I don't really get to go out ever, um, stay out late. I never go out at night. (laughs) Um, I'm a night owl, but I'm usually in bed by 10 o'clock because that's just, you know, that's the sacrifices I make to try and see um, how good I can be. Um, But, yeah, it's it's definitely different, um, but I think it's all worth it just to see uh, how good I can get and see mm-hmm. if I can make my goals. Yeah. yeah. There's been a lot of controversy around Nike's elite running program and the way Alberto Salazar was running it. We're going to get into that in the editorial that Mary Kane did, but what I'm especially interested in right now is this Coach Owens at center that you've mm-hmm. been referring to is Lisa Owens, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Is a woman. Mm-hmm. And how important is it, do you think, for women to be coaching women? Yeah. I don't think it's everything. I don't think you can only be a good woman's coach if you are a woman. Because I don't think that you are only capable of being a good men's coach if you're a man. Because Coach Owens is also the coach of the men's team, and I think she does an excellent job at that. But um, something that I've learned from her is that it's really important – and this stands in the larger world, I think it's really important that there is representation. Um, And so she has told me that she would never hire a female assistant coach because she does coach the men's team and she does need someone who can relate to them and understands a different side than what she can because she's not a man. And the problem is that that's never held true for um, women's teams. I feel like it's totally acceptable to have a male and a male and there's no female relating to them. Um, and right now I think there's a, gro- a gross representation of an understanding of women's bodies. And that's kind of the reason we're having all the problems that we are um, currently in the sport. But yeah, I think women's representation and women's coaches is extremely important. I think that there needs to be things put in place to make it easier for women to be coaches. Um, Probably that looks more like um, some kind of affirmative action for getting women jobs because I personally have applied to coaching positions and I think it's incredibly hard, especially to get a head coach position as a female. I think you're likely to get an assistant coach position because they know they have to fill some female to coach a women's team, but I think it's extremely hard to get a head coaching position as a female, even of just a female team. I've seen all girls schools that have hired male coaches um, and that's just like that's such a great opportunity to empower someone and to give a position to a female and it's just like really disappointing when that happens mm-hmm. um, because as we see again with everything representation is really important for young women to understand where they can go I wouldn't be where I am without having 
I've had only female coaches and I would never be, I would not hmm. be standing here without that empowerment. And, and at ASICS, you have a mm-hmm. woman coach and a man coach, yeah. correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Laura Codwell is um, my coach and her husband, Mike Codwell, is kind of the head assistant coach over everything. He runs like, um, like travel meets and he figures out like gear and stuff like that. Um, and he does a social media, but she technically is the one routing my training and she's the one um, who I talk to about training stuff. And then he coaches the men. So let's get into the whole Alberto Salazar scandal a little bit. Even people who aren't in the running world should have should be aware of this Mm -hmm. conversation that has gone on several weeks ago when Mary Kane, who was an absolute phenom in high school, she was doing things people had never seen anybody do. And so she, you know, she went right into a professional situation and she recently came out in the New York times and said, it was hell. Um, you know, there were weigh-ins. He ridiculed my body. He made me, you know, restricted what I could eat. Um, it was very cutthroat. Relationships were not encouraged. In mm-hmm. fact, they were discouraged yeah. uh, among the women that ran for Nike. And since then, it's almost like a Me Too moment for women's running yeah. and that more women have come forward and said, that happened to me, this happened to me. Many who ran for Alberto, but mm-hmm. others who have run other places mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. And really a lot of it centers around weight and relationship with food and also relationships with teammates mm-hmm. and kind of um, how I do think as a coach myself that girls and women have particular ways of being in relationship that are different than yeah. than it than it tends to be for men. Talk a little bit about, you know, kind of how it felt for you mm-hmm. to hear Mary Kane's story yeah. and to hear all these other stories. Does it sound like something like, yeah, I can relate to that or I've heard about that, but that's not my experience. Mm-hmm. And how how does it hit you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, when I saw the Mary Kane video, I think it was the morning of, and I cried. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then I sent it to my coach and um, to Coach Owens, and I just said, thank you so much, because I feel like starting out in college, like, I mean, and still a little bit now, like, I don't really have the typical runner's body. I am played soccer, and so I have pretty large quads, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm slightly bigger built than most girls because they've been running forever, and they just kind of run into that pattern of, like, very, very small, and that's what it looks like in women's running. You look at anyone at nationals at D1 level, you look at the professionals, you look at the marathoners, and everyone's very skinny, and it's, it's fine, but... Um, I've always struggled a little bit with finding a place for myself because when I stand next to the girls who also finish really well, I look slightly different. Um, But I said thank you to Coach Owens because from the very beginning, she's always helped me and led me to believe that, like, what my body looked like was strong and that that was an advantage, in fact, and was just always very forthcoming with that of, like, well, you don't get injured as much and, like, the things you're able to do and recover so quickly are because you have such a strong body and like you're muscular. And I mean, it probably wouldn't have been really easy for me to either give up on running or to develop some kind of eating disorder or something. Because if you just look around you, that's what everyone looks like. And the people who are doing good look like that. And so you think I have to look like that. And I Mm -hmm. know that that's what younger girls are looking at back to representation when everyone looks like that and they're good. That's 
I mean, you just want to be good. You want to do what will make you good, and you think that's what is going to make you good. So have you ever been on a team where you were asked to weigh in or? No, luckily it has not been my specific. It has not been my specific um, experience with that. I've had, like I said, I do think this kind of comes down to the fact that my high school coach was a female and my college coach was a female and my coach now is a female. And again, not to say that that's going to fix everything, but um, no, I've never had that. And I feel very lucky to with women in distance running. There's already so much that we have to face. First of all, it's a sport. People don't like it when women do sports, <laughs> even though it's not, I don't know, like a, it's a pretty gender neutral sport. I feel like in general, uh, there's already, I think women without their coaches, causing problems and um, having poor understandings of women's bodies. I think you already feel the pressure to be small. Um, It just makes sense. Carry less weight if you weigh less during a race. I think, I mean, I know people who have problems with food and they don't have a coach that's making any comments about it. So to imagine that someone is going through something where they are having to deal with that on top of all the other pressures you're facing, especially as a female who's good, um, that's, incredibly difficult to understand and to wrap my mind around because I don't know how I would deal with that. It just sounds so hard um, because I really do think that women in the real world face already so much. And then within distance running, I don't think that they're ever given the, I mean, it's a male centered sport, even though it is not thought of as a male centered sport. It is, uh, you have the breaking four barrier for men. And that's a huge deal when you break four in the mile. And we talk about all the greats of men's distance running and, you know, everyone wants to be 10 man elite or one of the groups of guys. And people talk much less about the accomplishments of women's distance running. And Mm -hmm. there's no equivalent to breaking four as a female um, that we hype up as much. And I, I just think it's a very, I mean, even Literally just even the events that people talk about, everyone wants to be a miler, everyone wants to be an 800 meter, those themselves are catered towards men being Mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. When you get into the longer distance running, women are beating men, but no one talks about that because it's all centered around the testosterone-driven events. Mm -hmm. Um, That just makes it that much more important that women are giving things back to them and given the opportunities to not be so like dragged down by all that and a huge part of that is weight problems and mm-hmm. the controversy that's kind of coming out with Alberto Salazar. Annie Rodenfels, Olympic steeplechase hopeful, NCAA champ and all-time women's record holder in the Division Three steeplechase. She's sure given us a lot to think about. And there's even more to talk about in the next episode. We're going to explore how gender, power, and representation show up in women's elite running in America. So join us next time on Going Deep. You've been listening to Going Deep. Sports in the 21st century from the studios of Blue Ridge Public Radio, NPR for Western North Carolina. Tell us what you think of the show by emailing us at goingdeep at bpr.org. And make sure you like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Shoops Going Deep.